Hello, everybody, and of course, welcome back to another episode of X Talking Ish with your boy X. And Ish. You already know what to do. If you are on Facebook, please make sure you like and share this broadcast. If you are on our Facebook page, go ahead and hit that like button. And as well, if you are on our YouTube page, go ahead and hit that red subscribe button. And as well, go ahead and hit that notification bell so you can be notified for shows like this one in the future. Ding. Thank you for that, Ish. And as well, check us out on Periscope. On X slash Twitter slash whatever Elon Musk is going to name it next week. And then we'll call it from that from there. And you can check us out on our page at X Talking Ish and as well on my personal page at X underscore Williams 81. I retweeted it. Of course, our very special guest here, once again, Mr. Casey McKinney, he went ahead and, and retweeted it on his personal page on just another football show so we appreciate him once again not just oh, yeah. tweeting it but being on the show for tonight and joining us to talk a little bit about some week six recap that we have here for tonight before we start off of course our show before i throw it over to is let's be of course great hosts and great um and great hosts i should say to welcome in mr kc and let's we'll let you go first and let us know how you've been we haven't seen you in a while we just Want to hear from you every time you're on the show. You give us some great insight. So how you been? I've been waiting for that Tuesday afternoon message, man. I keep uh, keep waiting. It was it's been a minute. It's fine. I know. I don't, it's, again, it's I don't. Crazy, I don't man. want to. I don't want to overextend <laughs> no, your gracious you. your graciousness of being on this show. So I want to make sure that you know you, we gotta we gotta we gotta stretch it out a little bit. I can't have oh, you yeah. on all oh, the time. Wow. Then people get then people get bored oh, yeah. of having Casey. Man, man Casey on here all the time. Man, we can't watch this all the time. Nah, I'm just <laughs> That's I, I, if you was on here every other week, I would love that. But I know you're busy. We're busy. We try to get you in. We can't have that many Chiefs fans on the screen, man. No, we're uh, we're doing our thing over there at uh, Just Another Football Show. New episodes coming tomorrow and Friday. We do Wednesdays and Fridays during the season. You know, recap, preview, uh, talking all the stuff. So it's uh, it's fun. We're having a lot of fun doing it. We're doing we're all over the place now. Social media, Twitter, TikTok. We're doing best bets on Friday, Saturdays. It's uh, it's a lot of fun. We're uh, we're getting it. Trying to trying to get all the likes and shares and subscribes. You guys know how it is. I ain't gotta explain it to you. If you want to make a little money, go ahead and check out just another football show. They hidden over there. They in the green. We're trying. We had a good week. We appreciate this comment, of course, from uh, our guy Fractual Wana. He says, "Ah, blessed to see another week of football. X and Ish continue the grind. Hands down, my favorite podcast." Now I know he's just saying that just to be nice, and I appreciate that, but. We do seriously appreciate the shout out when it comes to letting people know that this is your favorite podcast. And what we will do, we will continue to try to be great and also continue to reinvent ourselves to continue to keep giving you guys what you want of the football coverage. So with that being said, let's just go ahead and get straight into the thick of things. Now, I I, I was going to start it off with Monday Night Football, but I feel as though we need to go ahead and start off with the biggest question of – the, the weekend so far with some of these big teams going down with the 49ers and the and the Eagles. At the moment, we have five five and one teams. I want to ask my panel here, and of course, ask everybody that's tuning in at the moment, who's the best five and one team 
after week six. I'll start it off with Ish, since we haven't heard from him, and started off with, uh, again, not just who's the favorite team, who's the best team at the moment, but how have you been as well, Ish? Oh, uh, you know, I've been doing good, been doing good, been a busy week, but uh, excited to be able to come on here and, you know, talk about this past week because there was a lot that went on. No more undefeated teams, uh, a lot of great games, um, a lot of predictions that I had looking like they're coming true, mainly speaking about the all three quarterbacks playing in tennis. <laughs> I, I thought about texting you. Uh, while I was watching that game, but I decided to let you make it. It's not going to happen, but continue. Oh, it's going to happen. But um, I decided to let you make it anyway. But as far as who's the best in a 5-1 team, uh, hands down, without a doubt, it's the San Francisco 49ers. I don't want to hear any of that other mess from anybody else. Um, I know plenty of people were jumping up and down talking about how they lost to the Cleveland Browns. Um, and anyone who is out here saying – Oh, they lost to the Cleveland Browns. They clearly can't be number one anymore. You obviously don't know anything about that Browns team because that Browns defense is by far one of the best, if not the best defense right now in the league. Um, I mean, they're top pass um, in passing yards. I think they're third in rushing yards as far as the defense. Um, they have just been playing out of their mind. And not to mention, uh, there were a lot of injuries that were going on in San Francisco. You had the Christian McCaffrey, Debo Samuel. I know that firsthand because my uh, fantasy team suffered this week from injuries. Um, and uh, Trent Williams also. So there are a lot of injuries on the San Francisco team. It wasn't, uh, you know, a full full strength San Francisco team. And on top of that, by far, Brock Purdy's worst performance. And if that's his worst performance, I mean, you really got to look at that team and think, Golly, if they play even close to their potential um, here on out, they are going to be a tough team to beat. It's going to take the kind of performance that you saw from Cleveland's defense to do it. I mean, honestly, realistically, Cleveland's offense didn't really have anything to say. They're playing with a backup quarterback uh, who threw two interceptions, but that defense really kept them in the game, really allowed that offense to just grind it out, get some field goals, um, and pull out a good win, but at the end of the day, it's San Francisco, hands down. Okay, see what you got for us. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm with, I'm with this year. You, you got to go with the 49ers. I mean, all things being equal, um, you know, everyone's got to deal with injuries and what have you. Um, I do have my questions about this team if Christian McCaffrey's not playing, um, and we haven't really seen it, so I can't say one way or the other. But I, I tend to be one of the guys that leans towards the fact that this. 49ers winning streak and all the games that, you know, this is how well they've played really lines up with that trade for, for Christian McCaffrey. I think that the, as he goes, this team goes, um, I'm not taking anything away from the Browns defense, but uh, Brock Purdy wasn't doing it for me this weekend. Anyone who was following along or maybe had an over on passing or something like wasn't for me, but um, we also got to remember that team was that, that, they make the chip shot field goal really, and and we're not talking about this. We we still got an undefeated team. Um, they they should have won that game. Whereas you know a team like the Eagles, the last undefeated, like they sort of just they blew that one. That was that was a bad offensive performance, a bad performance from a few guys on that team, and they'll bounce back. But um, I think it's got to be the 49ers here. Like they are um, the most complete team. Um, the the one of the top coach teams, right? Like I'm always going to ride for, for my guy Andy Reid, but like what they're doing there is 
special. I mean, you, I can say the same for the Dolphins, though. I love, I love what's going on there. Um, but it's got to be the 49ers. Just, I, for now, it's it's got to be. For myself, I feel like it's easy for me to be the third person to say the 49ers. So I'll switch it up, and I'll say the Eagles. And the reason why I say that is because I will use exactly what Ish said when it comes to Brock Purdy's performance and look at Jalen Hurts and his performance. That was against a really good defense, right? The Jets defense, we talk about them coming into the season about how top 10, top five maybe they're supposed to be. We've never seen a three-interception game from from Jalen Hurts before, right? So I saw – I don't know about y'all, but I definitely saw Cowboy Nation were the first ones to try to say, oh, well, look, you you guys keep on getting on Dak. What about Jalen? What about Jalen? Well, the difference between Jalen and Dak is that Jalen has been to a Super Bowl. So we need to show – y'all need to shut the hell up because at the end of the day, Jalen Hurst can go out there and and throw for 20 interceptions. As long as his ass takes his team to either an NFC Conference Championship game or Super Bowl, all that gets erased. I know that sounds crazy, but it does because at the end of the day, if Dak Prescott went out and threw three interceptions, but he threw his fourth interception when it really mattered in the playoffs, guess what? That fourth interception really fucking matters. So it's not about how many you throw. It's about the situation of which you're where you're in of where that either touchdown, interception, sack, pressure, whatever it is, really matters, right? And that's why I look at this Eagles team as that was a – we let a game slip through our fingers. I, I, that's just how I, I mean, nine times out of 10 with a Zach Wilson led offense, the Eagles are going to that game. But let's be honest, right? Same thing. We probably look at the 49ers and that Browns team. Maybe Browns win, maybe three out of 10, two out of 10, whatever, right? Maybe the Browns have a little bit better chance beating the 49ers than the Jets will beating the Eagles. But the Eagles just had a, they had an off night. AJ Brown still doing what he's doing, 100 plus yards, right? You know, they, they that connection is, is, has, is has not gone anywhere. It just Jalen had a bad game. Jalen looked like a little bit that he was regressing and going back to his old ways, holding on to the ball a little longer than he needs to, and and just not seeing the field the way that he needs to. But if I know Jalen Hurts the way I know him, dating back all the way to Channel View High School, Ish knows exactly who I'm talking about over there on the east side of Houston. If he has any type of bad performance, he will bounce back. This this is not in all disrespect to Cowboy Nation and Dak Prescott. He will he will not fold under the pressure like Dak Prescott has multiple times, multiple times, and multiple times. He will find a way to fix this, get it right, get the train back on the, on the tracks. And and again, well, these two teams we talking about right now, 49ers and, and, and Eagles, we might be talking about them in the NFC Conference Championship game. That's where I see both these teams. I'm not really too concerned. I'm not worried about the Eagles. Now, the big question, and we'll get to that on Sunday, will be, of course, the upcoming matchup with the Eagles yeah. and the Dolphins. That's, that's, where, we, that's where a lot of questions to get it back will on be answered fast. when it comes to both of those teams when those two teams face off against each other on Sunday. Um, I had Adrian already reach out to me earlier today and ask me who I have for that team, I, I mean, for, for that game. I said, honestly, I need a day or two because I – I could see that being a toss-up, right? I mean, it really comes down to who wants to play defense. I think both teams can put up 30, but what defense is going to make a crucial stop in the fourth quarter to allow that team to win the game? I think the biggest thing for me when I'm looking at that game is uh, the matchup has to be that Philly defense versus um, the – 
the Miami offense. I think that's the matchup. That's the key. I mean, why it. not it? Why not it vice versa as well? Why not that Philly offense versus yeah, the Miami defense? Because I don't think that when you really look at this Miami team and you look at what makes them tick, what gives them their identity, it's that high flying offense. It's that speed. It's everything that they have going on. And I feel like in the games where they have done poorly, it's against these tough, gonna grind you out, make you like make you actually grind for a drive kind of defenses that gives them a hard time. If they play if any defense they play that it has a soft secondary where they can kind of you know pick them apart, get the big play, they tend to do well in those games. It's the games that they have to sustain drives, the games where they're really having to grind down the field. Those are the games that Miami tends to to do poorly in, and that's what this defense is set to do. Also, that front four for Philly has historically caused problems against some of these teams that have the quicker guys that like to move players around. And that's the big matchup for me um, on Sunday that we're going to be watching out for. Because if Jalen Carter and some of these guys can get pressure on Tua and make him have to throw it quickly, how is Mike McDaniels going to – how is he going to scheme it up to where he can get the ball to Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle quickly so that they can make plays out in the open field and we don't get to, and we get to neutralize that pass rush, I think is the big thing. Going to be a lot of screens. That wouldn't surprise me at yeah. all. A lot of screens in that game. Let's go get to the comment section right quick. Fresh one that says, I like how there are three NFC teams in the top five and everyone was saying the NFC is wide open and anyone can make the Super Bowl on that side. It's going to be tough on that side. Also, not only Dak uh, falling uh, under pressure, uh, it's the whole team, in my opinion. Also, he says Eagles, Dolphins, and the Super Bowl would be amazing game. This is the preview of what's to come. Now, for me, it's it's the Dolphins when it comes. We've seen the Eagles last year, obviously, get to the Super Bowl. Not just last year; they've been to Super Bowl, you know, multiple times in this last twenty years, right? In the last twenty-three years of just this uh, just this century. Mm-hmm. But it's the Dolphins that have to get over their own mental hurdle. You know, this is an organization that really, I mean, let's be honest, they really have not been able to pick themselves up since the Dan Marino days. Yes, they had a couple of years here and there, Ricky Williams, Shad Pennington, uh, even the Jay Cutler days, Brandon Marshall. You know, the, they've had some okay years here and there, but they have not really been able to get together. I feel like this is the best Dolphins team we have seen in decades, probably. I'm talking about collective group, mainly more so the offense is carrying the defense, but if like you said, if they can get the offense going and they can put up points quickly, and that's really their bugaboo. If they can't put up points quickly, it's hard for them to get into a rhythm. But by the time they get into a rhythm, it's sometimes it's too late for them. And and a team like the 49ers will grind it out. A team like the Eagles will grind it out and won't allow them to get back into the game. Uh, KC, last thoughts before we move on? I, th- <laughs> I think that this Eagles defense is uh, everyone's sort of remembering this team from last year. They're a middle of the road defense statistically. They rank 16th in the in the league and aggregated stats. You put them all together. I think they're. I think the Dolphins roll them. I really do. I think that they're gonna. Woo! I think it's gonna be. You calling it, you it out right now for, uh, on, a t- on a Tuesday. Don't need to wait. Um, on I, and, well, you know, we record our Friday podcast on Tuesday, so um, my my picks have already been recorded. Okay. Um, you know, maybe some things change between now and then, but I think there's a lot of underdogs this weekend, and and the Dolphins being one of them. Um, I know they're just, you know, I think they're going to come out. They're not supposed to win this game. You know, the the Eagles are the team. 
I just I really like this Dolphins offense. I think that they're gonna they're gonna be able to scheme up and and deal with that pass rush, which is very good. But this secondary isn't the secondary from last year. Um, I, I think that uh, Tyreek's gonna get loose and you're, he's gonna get his yards. He's gonna get his. And I think the Eagles are gonna be the team trying to play catch up. And when they do that, when they tend to try to force the ball down the field to AJ Brown, who yes has got his over the last few weeks, turns out if you throw a fit on the sideline, you get 125 yards every game after that. Um, but they, when they force the ball down the field like that, you see some mistakes being made and that's what they have to avoid. They gotta, I think they need to be the team to slow it down. They need to get swift going. They need to keep Tua off the field. This is similar to those fast chiefs teams that we saw, you know, a handful of years ago where teams need to slow them down. They need to keep them off the field. That's how you beat these teams. And I think that's how it's going to work. i I, we'll see, but I feel like uh, I'm, I'm on the Dolphins pretty big on that game on Sunday. See, KC's never played wide receiver like Ish and I, so he assumes <laughs> any time a wide receiver is being I'm joking line, that you know that they need something. But in reality, go and check my timeline. I'm we're joking. Just excited. That's all. We just love the game that much, KC. That's all. We just there's too that. many. There's too many good names on. Too many good pieces on that. Not not everyone's gonna I'm get theirs every you, week. Nah, He's been on it. You. I know. How, you know how it is. I know nah, how it is. Yeah. It is what it is. Let's go ahead and head across the pond and and uh, check out this London game that. If I'm being uh, frank with you guys, I feel like the Titans had a opportunity to come away with a uh, with a second half victory. Reality, they they the Ravens should have probably beat them a lot worse than they than they did in this game. It should have probably been 34 to 16. Uh, but the Titans do what they do when it comes to grind out games in the second half to where they try to stay in games that they probably shouldn't have been in, um, even though not just that them sorry not just that they lost this game they also seems though might have lost Ryan Tannehill status with his injury is still uncertain um but because of Ryan Tannehill's injury that made way for Malik Willis to make an appearance and I want to throw this over to Ish because Ish is has been chomping at the bit to hopefully have his prediction come through to where he's able to see all three quarterbacks for the Tennessee Titans play this season with that being said, Ish, I'll throw it over to you. What's your thoughts on this game, quarterback situation? Um, let's not spend too much time on this here, everybody. Uh-huh. I know everybody uh-huh. want to listen to this. We can go ahead and move on quickly. As you oh, know. no, it'll, it'll be real quick. Um, from, from my standpoint, I'm just going to say it like this, and this is kind of why I wanted to reach out to you when this whole situation transpired. If mm-hmm. Ryan Tannehill is out for any extended period of time, we will see Will Levis play at some point because Malik Willis looked like hot garbage. I am sorry. There was all that talk about how he got better, all these things. Um, X, I legitimately am watching this, and I'm and I'm not going to say it was all his fault. Like, the, the pass rush was getting to him very quickly. So, like, I'm looking at it, and I'm watching it back. There's no time for him to even wait for a receiver to even get open or look for a window. Like, the pass rush was getting there. But then there were plays where I'm looking at him like, this is the guy y'all said got better? Oh, no. Oh, no. If if Ryan Tannehill out for an extended period of time, oh, yeah, my, my prediction coming true really quickly, really quickly, because that was not it. I'm sorry. I was pained to watch it. I'm not even a Titans fan. I know it was paining you. I was going to call and ask you, are you looking for Will Levis to get in this game? Because it doesn't look like Malik Willis is going to do anything, but, hey. You know, they they stuck it out and let him ride it out to the end, which I think was a mistake, but not my team. Okay, my question to everybody is, 
if you guys think Malik Willis is that bad and Will Levis can't even beat out Malik Willis, what's the point of us seeing what Will Levis can do, KC? Well, I mean, uh, Brock Purdy couldn't beat out anybody either, and here he is now winning games in the NFL. Um, I think you've got to figure out what you have, right? Like, he may not be better. You, I mean, the coaches see the practices. They see everything. He's not getting a start. That There is something to be said for that. But I, the Titans have to know what they have at the quarterback position going into the draft next year. And they won't be drafting early, I think. You know, I, they may be picking up some picks. Wh- who, is, who is this team trading Derrick Henry to? Why is he on the sideline when when you got the ball inside the five with a chance to, to tighten this game up? and t- Like, I don't understand. The, the only – the only thing that can be happening here is they're keeping him healthy to trade it. Like, I don't, I just, I don't get it. So, and maybe that's why you got like new Hopkins is out here mad at himself for like going to this team. Like it's a total mess here. So yes, throwing, throwing a young quarterback into it's probably not a good idea, but I think you have to know what you have because then what do you, do you just have both these guys on your roster going into next year? Do you, Keep like I you have to know what you're doing going forward. And the only way to do that is to get these guys both out there and and sort of see. I mean, we've we've seen we've seen what we can do, and that's it's not great. Um, but you gotta see what both guys can do. You just you have to know what you have as a team to go forward and let the kid get some game minutes and see what's going on. I, I don't I, I'm with you. I don't think he's gonna be great either, but um you, if you have him sitting there, then maybe that's the excuse and the crutch for next year, right? As well, we're going to give this kid a shot instead of drafting somebody and or going after somebody, uh, you know, I, Kirk I, Cousins I or something. Like, I don't know. I don't know what the thing is. Do they think they can win now? Are they going to a full rebuild mode? These are things that this team's got to figure out and figure out pretty quickly because the trade deadline's just a couple weeks away. So I don't know how you feel about this, Casey, but I think I mentioned it last week or maybe X and I talked about it a little bit a couple weeks ago. As a GM, I like everything you're saying because as a GM, I think this is the year of all years where you cannot, if you're a team that needs a quarterback, you cannot go into the draft and not do your homework and be ready to select a quarterback at any of the early rounds in this draft they're saying this is the draft of all drafts of quarterbacks there's so many guys that everybody loves coming out you cannot be a gm with a team that is on the fence about these some of these quarterbacks and go in the draft and miss somebody because you decided you wanted to go get a left in that doesn't even play for you a year from now like this is the year that you have to sell out for a quarterback so like you said that's one reason why i think all three of them have to play this year I got to know, is Will Levis the guy? Because if he's not, I got to go select a quarterback next year in the first yeah. or second round. I got to go get him. I'm sorry. It's got to be done. We've seen it happen with Josh Rosen before where he came in and they got moved on from him the very next year. I think the same thing may need to happen in Tennessee. We're going to have to wait and see. But um, I get your point, X, about, I mean, if he can't be Willis out, then you got to be able to own the mistakes. But, oh. uh, yeah, you, you maybe you made it. I mean, look at the Niners. They did it. They understood. This, did, this Trey Lance thing didn't work. We're moving and, on. And right. they moved on. They they, they uh, clapped their hands together and say, hey, we'll go ahead. And, and there's a non-zero chance now, that it would have worked for them. They just they, they, they got a good thing going. They're not going to mess it up. I will say you're not wrong on the whole Brock Purdy comment. But the difference between Brock Purdy and Will Levis is that 
there was there was reports from guys like Debo and other guys on the wide receiver court that was already saying that Brock Purdy was a dude. Like they already knew from from training camp that he was a dude, right? We haven't heard that about Will Levis, not from, from anybody. And again, it's no shot to Will Levis at all. I'm not saying that he's an issue or because he likes mayonnaise in his coffee that that's a problem or and it's like I don't care about any of that. My the serious issue that I have is, is that it looks like we picked up just a middle of the pack quarterback mm-hmm. that's just going to be average, and that's okay for Will Levis. Go collect your sixty million dollars like Blaine Gabbard or or Chase Daniel, and go be great and 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 go and you know do whatever you want to do outside of football, like. I don't have a problem with that. If that's what you want to do, that's fine. But for a team like the Titans that's starving for a, a franchise quarterback that haven't had it in a while, even with Marcus Mariota, there were still questions with, with that position. Um, like I said, I, I fully agree. If you do not select – I'm sorry, the selection that you make at the quarterback position this upcoming draft, if that person is not who you hope it will be, it could be a lot of GM jobs. I mean, that's just – I honestly, that's just how I look at it. Also, because if Ran, the GM for the Tennessee Titans, decides to go with another quarterback, he drafted Will Levis last year. So if he decides to go with another quarterback and doesn't work out again, that could be his ass, right? So this is going to be a very, 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 very important draft, not for the Tennessee Titans, but also a lot of teams in the NFL to where, you know, it's do or die at this point. Um well, yeah, obviously, a lot of people obviously feel like Caleb Williams will be the number one pick and, and will probably most likely go to the Bears, and then the Bears will figure out what to do with Justin Fields. But after that, there's no guarantee of what quarterback will be the number two or three quarterback off the off the board. I don't think it's a guarantee that Drake May is the number two quarterback. I don't even understand why he is the projected number two quarterback. If I'm being honest with you, I don't see anything special out of Drake. I'm looking at guys in the Pac-12 like a right. Michael Phoenix. You're hilarious. Like a Michael Phoenix, right? You know, maybe a Shadur, again, depending on how he finished off the season. I got to see how he finished off the season because right now numbers don't tell the whole story of how he's playing. Yeah, he's a passing leader of uh, for, for the NCAA, but that doesn't tell the full story, right? Um, again, there's some guys in the Pac-12 where I want to see how this season plays out to where we might find a guy that was supposed to be a third-round guy that, that moves up to the first round and ends up becoming your, your – uh, your franchise guy, or vice versa, where a guy that's projected first round drops all the way to the third or fourth round and ends up becoming your guy. So a million percent agree. We'll have to figure out for Tennessee Titans side what direction they're going to go with that. I'll finish it off when it comes to this game in general. As a Ravens hater, I'll be the first one to say I, I hate I hate the Ravens. I don't care for the Ravens. I respect them, but I hate them. Shout out to Ravens for finishing this game. Shout out to Lamar Jackson. A lot of people feel like I don't give Lamar Jackson credit, and that's just not the case at all. Shout out to Lamar Jackson on being able to not just win this game, but uh, just throughout the whole season, being able to play uh, with poise, getting better week in and week out. I don't think the numbers are showing how well he's been able to play and will continue to play. When it comes to Lamar and the Ravens, it's just, it's just like with other quarterbacks and teams that we talk about, obviously like Patrick Mahomes, Josh Allens, now with Joe Burrows and things of that nature. We don't care about what you do in a regular season. I don't care about passing stats and touchdowns and rushing touchdowns and highlights. It's about what you do in the postseason. So we'll have to see how this Baltimore Ravens team look once they get to the postseason and how Lamar performs there because at this moment, that's all that really matters for him him and that team so let's go ahead and move on to the 49ers and Browns wanted to talk about this game briefly mainly because obviously 
one of the biggest upsets for, of the weekend, but also the way that the game started, the way that the game ended. Uh, obviously, it was a little melee in the beginning of the game, before the game with uh, Debo, Trent Williams, a couple of course guys on the Browns. I don't know if that would initially gave the Browns a little bit of juice to try to, you know, obviously win this game. Um, but it seems like it definitely helped. Um, I will say that the one thing about the Browns, because they do play in quote unquote the black and blue division when it comes to uh, playing at NFC at AFC North, they're they they have bullies of them of their of their own, right? They're they're not intimidated by a lot of other teams as well as the way that 49ers can intimidate other teams coming into their own stadiums. Uh, and I think the Browns wanted to definitely send a clear message. I felt felt as though that they did by standing their ground, and they did also by playing the game and winning the game. Uh, Casey, I'll start off with you. Um, any notable takeaways from this game, obviously, besides the upset uh, from either side of the ball? I I don't know. Maybe maybe I'm cynical, I suppose. I, I just I feel like I taking I'm taking nothing away from this game. Um, there's just so many variables. Uh, and even with all of those variables, the 49ers still should have won this game if the field goal gets and again, anything can happen, you know, rookie kicker feeling that moment you know right maybe that's the thing but um <clears throat> i'm not buying this browns team i know the defense and this that and the other like it's just i don't know I, the weather the niners injuries i i chalk everything up to the niners losing this game and not the browns winning it i mean no, we, I, all I we want so. about that browns defense the niners still drove down at the end of the game missing all of their pieces and still were in the spot to kick the field goal. And we had two terrible penalties and this game should have never been tied up to begin with. And I'm sorry to cut you off. My question to you is you're not buying them just solely based on everything that happened transpired in the game when it comes to the injuries, the, the silly penalties, you know, just everything that happened. Do you feel as though that if this game was played either on a neutral site, either in Santa Clara or in a game where Again, none of the extracurricular activities happened prior to you feel as though this game is completely different. I feel like if this this game's played and it's not raining, this game's completely different. Like I, to me, I, I just I think this Niners team. We talked about it there at the top of the show, right? This Niners team is the the best team in the league. Uh, we all sort of agreed on that. I know X, you you dissented in order to to get another team out there. I get it, um, but I. I <clears throat> I, like I said, the, the Niners still drove down here at the end of the game after the drive should have been over. Should have been over. Two terrible non-calls or calls on the on the Browns' final drive to get down and take the lead. Um, but even then, still Brock Purdy, who I constantly give a hard time to, uh, still drives that team down. Minus Christian McCaffrey, minus Debo, gets them in field goal range to what should be most NFL kickers are making. And it doesn't go his way. Like I, I'm not going to overreact either way on this game. I suppose. Um, I think that there are some good teams in the AFC, specifically the AFC North. That's going to be a tough division. Um, but I, I don't like. I don't think this Browns team makes the playoffs. Like I, I'm not buying them that much. Yeah, the defense is very good, but they've got a weird situation going on with Deshaun that no one knows what the hell's going on. So. Uh, you can get out maybe one game. We, we see this, but the more times that you start a rookie quarterback, the more likely he is to fail and fail hard. Um, or, you know, a new quarterback, rather, a backup quarterback, not a rookie. But you, you get your backup out there. He's going to succeed for, you know, they're going to dumb the playbook down. They're going to make it easy for him, but eventually you can't. 
Um, and I, I'm not buying this, um, this Browns team, and I'm not worried at all about this Niners team. I definitely took the under on PJ Walker going into that game, and uh, he. Oh, to, you ain't he wrong. Wanted, he wanted to light it up. That's just good, good old sports betting for you. Any given Sunday, man. Gotta love it. Ish, your thoughts? Uh, I, similar to KC, I didn't really take much from this game uh, for a number of reasons. I think traditionally we have seen this story from the Browns before. Uh, there's been hype about them, uh, you know, maybe a couple years ago uh, when they were built really to be the team to win that AFC North. They had the defense. They had, um, you know, the defensive line. They had the secondary there. Um, they had Nick Chubb in the backfield. They had all the pieces, and you really thought, like, okay, the Browns are actually going to compete. And then they went out and they laid a stinker. And, I mean, a lot of that had to do with the division they play in. And like you said, the black and blue division, right? That is a division that is just you know, they're going to beat each other up. And, you know, whoever comes out of that division uh, – you know, it's almost as if they're limping into the playoffs because they beat each other up in that division. Um, I think there's still a lot of football to be played. There's still a lot that's going on with the Cleveland Browns. Um, not having Nick Chubb, Kareem Hunt hasn't done anything to really, um, you know, light a fire under me to make me think that, you know, oh, it's a return of the old Kareem Hunt or he's going to fill in Nick Chubb's shoes. Like, I haven't seen anything that make to make me believe that. Um, the Deshaun Watson situation is a little concerning at this point because it's not clear what's going on. So for Cleveland, I'm, I'm still waiting to see, you know, is this true or not? Is this actually a legitimate situation? And for San Francisco, there's no concerns for me. Um, they lost to a team that just, you know, they put it together on their day at home with one of the best defenses in the league. So, um, Everybody gets beat at some point. It's the same thing I say for the Chiefs. I never get too high and never too low when the Chiefs lose games because, for me, I know what that what that team is made of. I know what that team's goals are, and I know what they're able to work towards. And they have that winning culture within the building that one loss does not tear them down. I know the same can be said about San Francisco, so I'm not concerned about them. Meanwhile, in Cleveland, who knows what next week is going to look like. Who knows? Great question there. All right, let's go ahead and move on to the Saints and Texans game. Now, the reason why I want to talk about this game very briefly is because um, is is this this Texans team, right? I mean, it just I I want to chalk it up to them being young and you know are going to find a way to not be as successful this year because they are young after the loss against the Falcons last week. I just I just thought that was one of those games where they should have won, they didn't, and then maybe that might hinder them from being able to make you know an eight nine win season out of this season. They proved me wrong. They definitely were able to uh, take advantage of the home field by beating the Saints, which we talked about. Well, my apology, I talked about in pre-show. Uh, Ish unfortunately wasn't able to join me, but that I definitely knew that there were going to be a lot of Saints fans in the building. Uh, obviously, Ish and I know that, hey, living in Houston, you got plenty of Saints fans here, and they were going to pack the, pack the stadium. And unfortunately, they left home, uh, go, go back to their Houston estates uh, with a sad uh, sad face because the Houston Texans found a way to pull off the upset 
But if you really honestly ask a couple of folks that are uh, part of that Houston Texans staff, they probably don't feel like it's an upset because of how they prepare and how they get ready for games. So with that being said, Ishan KC, just looking at the schedule of what they were able to accomplish so far, they are three and three. There were some games that they probably should have won. There were some games that they probably should have lost. I and mean, maybe three and three is, is a good point after six weeks. Does this Texan team find a way to get into the playoffs or maybe even win the AFC South? I'll start off with Ish. I'll start off with you, sir. Um, I don't know. It's difficult to say because of the the other teams in the division that, that that's competing with them. I think mainly the Jacksonville Jaguars are the team that may have a say. The team that we unanimously um, selected to win the AFC South going into the season. Um, uh, not me, but continue. But I think that uh, there there's some there's some things to, that we still need to see. One of the things that concerns me about this Texans team, which is a concern only because they are in the conversation. Um, if they weren't in the conversation, it wouldn't be a concern. It would just I would just chalk it up to them having a young quarterback, having a first year offensive coordinator. Um, but this game, honestly speaking, was not close. It was not close. They should have won this game by a larger margin. If you actually watch this game, just like against Atlanta, they were driving down the field consistently and kept settling for field goals or kept having a drive, you know, stall at the wrong moment. But they were making plays. They were moving it down the field and um, they were really able to stop and stutter this uh, New Orleans offense. And I'm watching and I'm thinking to myself, if this team can build the right culture in that building, if they can start to finish these drives, this is a real contending team. They actually have something that let's look at San Francisco where this coaching staff comes from and you can see the making of another San Francisco. I mean, and I would argue with a better quarterback at the helm, CJ Stroud has only shown that he is able to withstand the pressure that teams are bringing to him. Now, the question I have and that I'm going to be watching out for and why I don't quite believe they'll win the division, as teams get more tape on him and teams start to adjust to him, will he and his rookie offensive coordinator be able to sustain the success that they have seen early in the season? I would argue that some of that success comes from the fact that, one, it's a rookie coordinator who we don't really know his tendencies, Two is a rookie quarterback, which we're still trying to figure out, like, what can he do? What doesn't he do? What is the team scheming for him? But as we get later into the season, we start to have more tape on that. We start to see what your tendencies are. We start to see what his strengths are and what you're scheming for him. And then we can adjust to that and attack those things. So I definitely want to see how they progress later in the season. Um, but I think the Jaguars in the end are likely going to win the South because they just – It'll be a crime if they don't win the AFC South. I'll just say it. They have too much talent. There's too much in Jacksonville for them not to win the AFC South this year. I agree. Casey? Yeah. As much as I want to, like, not take this team seriously and say that, you know, that they're going to – looking at this at the end of the season, maybe we'll find this conversation a little funny that we actually thought this, you know. Um, but then I look at their schedule and it's like, man, 
Why not, though? Like, they've got this weird thing where they beat the Jaguars, right? Like, I don't know what, what's going on there. Trevor Lawrence can't beat the Texans. It's weird. And it's that way with that division. Like, certain teams just can't yeah, beat It's a divisional thing. It's, yeah, it's you know just weird. Yeah. Um, but, I mean, they, like, they play the, the Bengals. I don't know if we're buying them or not anymore. I, who knows? Uh, but there's a lot of beatable teams on this schedule for them. So, I don't know. I Like, does this division – this division doesn't send two. They'd have to win it. And I just don't think they can get that far. This team is absolutely doing all the right things. They are building. They're heading in the right direction. They're going to be go- a very good team going forward. Um, I think that it's just a little too early to see it happen this year. But who knows? You know, we could see a team sneak in. I I just think maybe if that North beats each other up enough and only sends a team, I just don't see it. I I just don't I don't, I don't see them coming, getting over the Jags. Even if they do beat them again, it's tough to. I think that Jags team's just too good, but we'll we'll see. Like you said, looking at their schedule, I think they have two four week periods where it's going to be very interesting to look into, and it starts this upcoming Sunday against the Panthers. This is supposed to be a win, right? The Panthers are zero six. You're playing against the number one draft pick. Obviously, the storyline is going to come in against see about be about CJ Stroud versus Bryce Young. CJ Stroud versus Bryce Young, right? That's what's going to be the lead up to it. But the Texans should probably win this game, even though they are on the road to a bad Panthers team. But don't be surprised at all if Bryce Young and this Adam Thielen connection continues and and they find a way to beat the Texans. Wouldn't surprise me at all. And that's just because that's the way the NFL is. You can make that face all you want to. We see it every Sunday-ish, right? So if that happens, which is, again, that's fine. You play the Panthers. Uh, my apologies. You play my bad. You play the Buccaneers week afterwards. Mm-hmm. That's really the real test because we don't even know if the Buccaneers are real either, right? Because we wanted to <laughs> we wanted to find that out last week against the Lions, and we, we I think we more, we learned more about the Lions than we have about the Bucks after that game, right? So. Mm-hmm. We'll know more about the Texans in these next four weeks. They play the the Panthers, Buccaneers, Bengals, and Cardinals. If they go two and two, they have a shot. But they got to go two and two. They go one and three. I don't know if they are able to make up because the last five weeks of the season, but really it's the four-week stretch that I'm about to bring up is really what's going to determine them either getting into the playoffs or winning the division. They play against – they play the Jets – the Titans, the Browns, and the Titans. And really, I'm not even concerned about the Titans beating them or anything like that. It's about the physicality that they are going to have to ensue over that four-week period in December that you have, what, three of those games – I'm sorry, two out of those four games will be outside. So elements will play a part. And then also playing against the Browns, even though you are in Houston, that's a Brown, that's a very physical team. We talk about every year about them being physical. So if they can stay healthy, maybe they have a shot. But also, again, just looking at the schedule, like Casey said, we might get to week 14, 15 and say, <laughs> yeah, that was cute. That was a cute little story of the Houston Texans. But the first half of the season, it is cute. That's what the first half of the season is about. Some teams are playing better than they should, and some teams are playing not as good as they probably should, and that leads me right into these two teams. Now, you can make a case for probably both of these teams when it comes to uh-uh. probably could play a lot better, uh-uh. but the main team we're talking about right now, of course, is the Patriots, and 
Bill Belichick, of course, being at the helm, and it is not the standard. It is not the Patriot way, the, the way that they are playing at this moment. They are currently 1-5 uh, now after the loss against the Raiders and also looted, losing to a Bill uh, – I'm sorry, oh, not Bill Parcells, my apologies a, – um, a Bill Belichick disciple when it comes to Josh McDaniels, which is something that does not happen at all unless your name is Mike Vrabel. Uh, for him to have that happen, I'm pretty sure um, – He's not going to get fired in the middle of the season. That's not what's going to happen, right? He should that's, be. Anyways, that's not what's no, going to happen. He should be. I understand. But right out now. of respect, out of respect and out of all that stuff, what he's he done doing. fired at all. He, he's, he's going to either walk away, they're going to mutually walk away, or he's going to head right into the office. One of those two things. That's, that's the only thing that's going to happen. They're not going to let him walk away. He's going to go and coach for – the Cardinals with, 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 are the bears, right? He's not going to coach the bears with, with Caleb Williams next year. Like it's, it's not going to happen, but I will say if things continue to trend where they're only probably going to win four games, maybe five, Bill Belichick got, need to go ahead and say, Hey, it might be my time to go ahead and move on somewhere. Casey. Well, I mean, first this Patriots team needs to lose games. They need a quarterback. They don't have one. So Another um, team, another team. What are you gonna do? Bring in, bring in another coach, and maybe win a couple games that you shouldn't. And no, nah, I think you just keep keep with the status quo. If you're the you're the Patriots, you can hide behind the he's Belichick. He's we're not firing him. We we know that's not happening. Stuff. Um, and then yeah, we'll see if he wants to move on. If they can get, if they have a bad enough record that they can, you know, maybe get one of those top quarterbacks. I don't know. Like there's so many teams that are sort of bad enough to end up there that I'm interested to see. Who actually ends up there? At can the I the can season? I ask you a question? I'm sorry to yep. cut you off once again. No, you're good. It seems as though ever since Brady has left, I'm not saying that they've been trying to find the heir apparent, but every person that they felt as though Jared Stenham, remember that was the baby goat, and then now Mac Jones thinking that he was supposed to be the guy. You can maybe even throw in there Bailey Zappi as Ish loves him some Zappi. Yeah. It just seems as though that these guys are not working. And who is the person that also? put these guys on the roster that is Bill Belichick and if you look at the last 10 years maybe even dating back to 15 years his record when it comes to drafting is not that great of a record and we Ish and I have talked about this on the show you people can get on the Cowboys all they want to but their draft record is is beautiful right the 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 Patriots draft record so far in the last 10 years alone is horrible and I don't know if them drafting a quarterback will fix everything, all their woes prior not. to, because I think there are, they have so many more holes in this team than just that quarterback. I'm sorry to hijack it, but that's just no. I, you're that just kind of high right. There you go, Casey. No, you're absolutely right. Like they 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 need more than just a just a quarterback. But the thing with Brady is he turned these guys who may have not been anything on other teams into stars. Right. You don't need a Tyree kill because you're making a, a one of the best. I mean, at, at the time in the league, you're making Wes Welker a thing like no other team's doing that. Um, so I, you're right. But um, that's where it starts. Like we're going to see so many teams in that same position of that's where it starts. You get that young quarterback and you try to build around it and you've got five years to figure it out before the window closes and maybe it's time to, to figure it out. I think, I, I do think that maybe Bill Belichick's done here. If I, one of the things no one's talking about, or I've seen a few people talking about that made me laugh is if this team's bad enough this year, he can actually become the, the losingest coach of all time. 
Um, that's that's a that's just a longevity thing. It's because he's been in the league for so long. Yep, yep, yep. Um, it's the same reason that you know Frank Gore broke all the rushing records that he did is because he was just around forever. Um, but I I do believe that I think that Belichick does like feel as though he needs to prove something. Um, so I do see a world that maybe he moves on. They decide to part ways. I, I know I've joked with you on Facebook a couple times there, X. Uh, the Chargers are a very interesting candidate to uh, give him give him Justin Herbert and see what he can do. Um, that really interests me. Um, it doesn't as a Chiefs fan, but it interests me like mm-hmm. you know, from a football standpoint to see if he does decide to, or if he just decides to be done. It's a possibility that he's just he's just had enough of it and he's done. That's that's a possibility too. Yeah, right? he ain't a spring really chicken anymore. Guy, um, in New England after this year, but they're not firing him in season. It's never happening. He's done too much for that team. This team's not winning either way, so why why fire him? It's the same as it's the same as Eberflus in Chicago. Like he he needs to go, but what are, what are you gonna do? You just you're gonna continue out there. And it, what happens if that other person starts winning? What if a Romeo Cornell happens and all of a sudden you build all this locker room BS with a with a coach that's never gonna get the job? Well, and all of a sudden you know players want this guy there. I mean, same same as in Houston last year, right? Like if they just left it. They would have got them like a whole pick. Everybody and their mama knew that Roman Cornell was never going to be the head coach. I understand that, but like he had the team right around his whole thing. But I, I, he's going to finish out the season. There ain't no way unless unless there's some weird medical thing or a way for them to to for him to step away without actually that you're not going to see a, a you know a press conference where Bill Belichick was let go. It's just not happening. Ish. Bill Belichick needs to be let go. <laughs> it's just standing on this. So does uh, Josh McDaniels. But that's a whole different situation. He need to be let go as well. That they is, can't do that. And the and the funny thing is, these are two teams that very much gonna be in the thick of things when it comes to uh, the quarterback race in the draft. I mean, you look at New England, you look at Las Vegas, you look at Atlanta, Chicago. Arizona. I mean, the number of teams that have question marks at quarterback, all these teams right now are battling it out. So this game was interesting from the standpoint of, well, the Raiders, while you won during the season, you may have lost in the offseason because now you're going to be behind the Patriots when it comes to picking for quarterback. Because let's not get anything twisted here. Las Vegas needs a quarterback as well. Like they're they're pulling out some of these games. Jimmy Garoppolo has been anything but great. Um, that offense has looked shambles as they normally do in and out of the season. Um, Las Vegas always up and down, and I just I don't understand this thing with Bill. I understand like his service. I understand what he's done. He needs to go. Okay, he probably should have gone before the season even started. They should have moved on, entered into a new era, called it the year to rebuild, whatever they wanted to. Because honestly speaking, anybody who looked at this team could tell that this team was going to struggle. We have seen Mac Jones enough to know Mac Jones is not the guy. People, shut up about the Jacoby Myers thing, okay? If he was in New England, he would be doing just as horrible as Juju Smith-Schuster is doing, okay? He wasn't going to be doing anything better in New England if he was still there. So shut up about the, oh, they gave Juju the same contract. 
it doesn't matter who they gave that contract to. DeAndre Hopkins could have gone there. He wouldn't have been putting up numbers in that New England offense. That offense is terrible. It is terrible. It don't matter who we have wide receiver. It's terrible right now. Okay? So we need to start talking about the complete rebuild in New England instead of the nonsense that people are talking about with what wide receiver they should have gotten all season. Mac Jones, don't even talk anymore about is he the guy? He's not the guy. Okay? We're moving on from him at the end of the season. All of that needs to be done. They're completely rebuilding. Bill can stay for the beginning of the rebuild or he can leave. I don't care, but he need to go somewhere. Go into the front office, be the unofficial president of the New England Patriots. I don't care, man. Create a position for him. They do that anyways in, in a lot of industries, so I understand. Fracturana says, if I'm the cards, I'm shaking in my boots because the league at quarterback is hurting right now. Like I said, they might not have the worst record. Mm. Um, I'll wrap this up with a bow. Um, and fresh one that says hashtag Mac is whack. <laughs> um, <clears throat> this, I, I think, more than more so than anything, us football people that watch football, we we get and we already knew that the Patriots were going to be bad going into the season. But the casual fan, when you think of Patriots indoor Bill Belichick, you automatically are going to think Tom Brady included and automatically going to think winning, automatically going to think some they're going to get to either an AFC Conference Championship game or a Super Bowl. Those days are over with. Same thing goes in Pittsburgh with Mike Tomlin. And and it just goes to show you as well, too. And I told you, Ish, and I talked to Adrian about this when it comes to are some of these older coaches getting um, um, outdated and past their time? And I'll throw in John Harbaugh as well, too. Um, great coaches, but they've been in the league for a while now to where are they getting passed up by some of these younger coaches more uh, with these with these offensive schemes and being a little bit more uh, fun to play in. And, and some of these free agents wanted to go and play there instead of going to an, a, a quote unquote blue blood of an organization like a Steelers and Patriots, because, you know, that if I go to this organization, I know where we can win. Um, I think the mystique and the nostalgic of some of these places, and I'll start off also with Green Bay and Lambeau Field. We haven't seen the mystique of Lambeau Field since Michael Vick messed that up for Brett Favre 20-plus years ago. I'm just being completely honest. It wasn't Colin Kaepernick. It was Michael Vick. And ever since then, I haven't seen the nostalgic or the mystical Lambeau Field since then. And the only place right now that people are really scared to play in, it would be Kansas City. I mean, I think Arrowhead is the only place where people will say it's loud as hell and you playing as Patrick Mahomes. That is this is that is the only place I, I will say in the NFL right now where that is the only quote unquote mystique until somebody else recreates it in their home facilities with Buffalo, which they can't even host a whole. I mean, whenever they host a playoff game, they find a way to mess it up. Maybe with the Lions in Detroit, maybe they start something up. Maybe the 49ers, obviously, we talk about them. I mean, we have to see who wants to who wants this, right? Who wants to take it away from Chiefs Kingdom? Who wants it because right now it's up for grabs. It's it's the key, it's the Chiefs to to hold on and to have until somebody else says, Hey, I, I want that thrown out. Um we've, we've, we've seen we've even seen this in like the Vegas betting lines. Like home field used to be three points, it's not anymore. It's closer to two, maybe two and a half, depending upon where you're playing. The home field advantage is less of a thing in the NFL now, or at least it's viewed that way um, than it was just a handful of years ago. I agree. 
quickly, quickly, quickly want to talk about this Lions-Buccaneers game only because of just the way that everything transpired. Uh, going into this game, it was a lot of question marks when it comes to both these teams. They didn't really know who was real, mainly more so about the Buccaneers than the Lions. I think we, we know more about the Lions than the Bucks. Um, I think this game answered a lot more questions for both teams. And I'll start with you, Casey, really quickly. Um, are the Bucks who we thought they were? I think the Bucks are a middle-of-the-road team. If that's who you thought they were, then sure. I think my takeaway from this is the Lions are for real. I think they are a very good team. I think that they um, were able to overcome the, the injury to Montgomery. I think that's a that was a potentially could have been a big deal for them. Um, and they, they were able to still come out and, and win this game. Um, I mean, the Buccaneers are going to have good wins. They've got, you know, great players. You know, Baker's playing okay down there. But ultimately, you know, that division is going to be a mess for sh- how it shakes out. Someone's got to win it, and it'll be similar to last year where they're all going to be, other than the Panthers, within a game or two. And we'll see who – it just depends on who beats up on who the most. Um, could it be the Buccaneers? Absolutely. Um, I, I was very big on the Saints doing it preseason. I've sort of fallen off of that a little bit, but um, I, I don't know. I think that they're they're a fine team that isn't going to get a whole lot better. They also probably need to address the quarterback situation. I don't know the Baker's the guy for the future. They're going to lose Mike Evans. He's going to go play for someone else next. Like these are all things that they're going to have to address. Um, they're just sort of riding it this season while they still can. Definitely agree. Ish. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna say a, you know a very I guess what I, what would be an old cliche saying on the show, but this is an example of a team doing what they're supposed to do, winning the game that they're supposed to win. Um, I think we've talked about it since they beat Kansas City in Week One. The Lions are starting to turn a new leaf. They're trying to be that contending team, trying to be a team that's showing that hey we can compete. Um, and if you're going to be that kind of team, you got to win this kind of game, right? Like, like Casey said, Tampa Bay is a very middle of the road kind of team. I don't think they're really good. I don't think they're bad. I think they're just kind of somewhere in the average range. And for Detroit, I think they're above average to a good team. And, um, I think you, you have to win those kind of games. You have to win these games to be able to compete or win your division, um, and that was an important game for them this week. I'm happy to see them pull it out. I'm happy to see them overcome the adversity because that helps them later in the season when they are playing for these games in the division. Um, so hopefully they can continue to build on this and we can see them, you know, potentially meet the uh, the potential that we have for them or what we the expectations that, you know, were kind of set on them, especially after that week one win. All right, let's go ahead and move on to the Eagles and Jets-ish. I'll let you start it back up. Uh, Yeah, with the Jets and the Eagles game, I mean, this just continued to solidify for me that the Jets defense is a Super Bowl caliber defense. Um, I've been saying it. Like, this team, honestly, they get the right quarterback there. Uh, Who knows what they're able to do. They'll really go as far as that defense takes them. Um, for Philly, I'm not too concerned after this. Um, I mean, it's so we saw some of the same problems we've been seeing with them um, that we already knew they had. If they start to press, they they tend to make mistakes. 
Um, that's the one way to get Jalen Hurts. If you can get in front of this team and force Jalen Hurts to have to really chase you, um, when they start to press, they will make the mistakes. Um, but ultimately, they lost to a team that has a Super Bowl caliber defense. Um, the Jets just need to keep finding ways to pull these games out. If they can keep doing this, I think the closer we get to the trade deadline, the more you're going to hear the buzz of a Kirk Cousins. People saying, hey, Kirk, do it. I don't think Kirk wants to do make that move. But like I said, the closer we get to the trade deadline, they can keep pulling these games out. The more pressure it puts on some of these teams, like a Denver with Russell Wilson looking to move on, is there a way we can, you know, make a deal that we can give them that bridge guy until Aaron Rodgers comes back? Would New York be willing to do that? I think if I'm New York, I'm looking for a deal like that, something that makes sense for us, because honestly, Zach Wilson, he's what's holding them back. Uh, it's sorry to, I'm sorry to say that. Like, I don't want to pinpoint him and just be like, oh, yeah, well, this guy, he, he's not it, but he's not it. <laughs> he's not it. If you want to compete for a Super Bowl, which they can with that defense, he's not it. You didn't see the news-ish? Aaron Rodgers will be back. <laughs> what, are you, what, are you about? what are we trading for quarterbacks for? Aaron Rodgers will be back this year. Aaron Rodgers gonna you just, you just rub some magical mushrooms on the Achilles, and he's going to be good to go. Yeah. I don't know. I'm, I don't want to hear that. I'm okay. tired of him saying that. I don't know what you're talking about. He's walking. He's walking now, so he'll be back. <sighs> okay, man. That, either do or don't dive down the conspiracy wormhole on the on the internet when it comes to Aaron Rodgers and the injury and how they're not actually the injury that they reported. It's there's a whole weird oh, section Lord. of the internet that yeah. um, oh, you can go down. He ain't coming back doing, this year. Aaron. They're just doing hey. this so that he doesn't. They didn't have to give up that second pick. He didn't actually tear his Achilles. He's uh, he's just just sitting out for a few weeks. Uh, no, the, the, everything Ish said is absolutely correct. This Jets team is Super Bowl this defense is Super Bowl caliber. Um, how you come to terms with that as a team, knowing uh, without probably saying it out loud as a team that your quarterback is the thing that's holding you back has got to be just as frustrating as it gets. Um, and I don't know if they're going to try to – figure out the the quarterback situation we've all said it for weeks that there are a handful of guys that they should be going after that would be upgrades um over zach wilson but i mean if you look at their schedule obviously they got those division games which are gonna be tough um but i mean they they gotta go just murder whoever's at quarterback for the giants this weekend like i poor kid like i don't know who it is but that poor poor guy he's gonna get just smashed back there um, you know, Chargers aren't good. Raiders aren't good. <laughs> Falcons, Texans, Commander, like they can win these games. They could find themselves in the playoffs. And then it's just, where do you go from there? Because you're going to play a good team in the first round and you're going to get smoked probably, or maybe not smoked because your defense is still going to keep you in it. But, you know, you're going to watch, you know, one of these good teams beat you because you couldn't get it done. I just, it kind of sucks for them really. Um, but I don't see him making a move. I really just, I don't think they want to give up more capital for maybe a shot this year. As much as I hate to say it, cause this team, like you said, is built. I just, I can't see it. I think they're going to just ride with Wilson and, and die with Wilson. Like, I think that's it. 
I mean, pretty much at this point, I just don't see them bringing in a, a quarterback. It don't matter if it's Kirk Cousins, who's a very smart and cerebral quarterback. I'm not saying that he can't pick up the, the playbook and, and will be able to adjust, but bringing in a quarterback midway season, trade deadline, especially if, if you're actually trying to contend for something, I just can't I can't see that happening, um, especially obviously when you have Aaron and how heavy he is on the books. Now he did obviously take a pay cut coming into this season, which freed up a lot of money. But I just – this Jets team, one week they look like a Super Bowl caliber defense. The next week they look middle of the pack. And because Zach Wilson's there, I can't take them seriously because of Aaron Rodgers is not there to bail them out. That's really what it comes down to. Um, so for right now, you know, the Jets are three and three, just like the Houston Texans. And we'll see how these two teams play out in the second half of the season. Uh, like you talked about, Jets play the Texans later on in the season. That game could be very interesting. It could come down to who's the better who's the better quarterback in that game, right? So we'll see how that game plays out. All right, let's finish up tonight with the Giants Bills, and then we'll finish up with the Monday night football, Giants Bills, Sunday night football, KC. Man. <laughs> That was uh, it. Was a show. Um, again, more referee issues. I try not to to hold on to that. But um, this Giants team did more than than I think anyone anticipated. Um, I do kind of take a little bit away uh, now that we're seeing Buffalo play with some of these injuries that they've dealt with. They've just they can't seem to catch a break at all. They're losing guys left and right. Um, it really is help, or hurting that defense a lot. They've lost a lot of guys back there, and, and my guy can't just do it all for him all season. We'll see. He's going to try. Um, <laughs> but I I think that I take a little bit away from Buffalo on this, um, but there's also an opportunity that this was just sort of a trap game. They thought they were going to come in. They've seen the last couple teams that have played the Giants and went, oh, well, <laughs> this, is, this is nothing. Like, we're just going to live in the backfield where they're not going to get anything done. And they sort of came out and got punched in the mouth. And uh, to their credit, they were able to sort of regain themselves at halftime and, and get out there and put some points on the board, which they weren't able to do in the first half. And, you know, after that, there are reasons and, and things that you can point at, but ultimately um, terrible, terrible play calling on, on the, the giant side there at the end of the first half. Uh, I don't know how that audible is even an option. I get you've got Saquon back there, but no, you you can't run that ball. You have to get some points there in that tight of a game. Um, but, you know, excuses, excuses. Uh, you know, one team won, one team lost. That's all there is to it. And, and, and the better team, I think, did win this game. So we got to just move on from it. Now, there were referee calls. Oh, sorry, yes. There were penalties that – were very questionable. Some people feel as though that, of course, the last play of the game uh, was very um, – uh, could have been a play that could have easily been called either a hold or a pass interference, mm-hmm. which is completely understandable. But like you just stated, and it's something that I talked about online, I don't know if you caught it. I don't know if um, a lot of people either agree, don't care what I said, or just hate what I said, which is completely understandable. You cannot let the referees dictate – the game, especially when it's a game this this close. And it's just played a long time. I know, obviously, KC, you dabble in football long enough to know that 
if you are playing against a team that should be in should be in this game with you, the Giants came in. I'm sorry, the Buffalo Bills came into this game as a 15 point favorite. The Giants shouldn't have even been in this game. The Buffalo Bills didn't even put up 15 points in the game overall, which is just kind of uh, astonishing to me. I don't know the last time you've seen a game where the the team that was favored was you know favored by 10 plus points and they didn't even put up the amount of points to even cover that spread. So. Uh, for the Bills, I agree. They kind of came into this game thinking that this was going to be an easy game. They got punched in the mouth. They was able to re- to recuperate and win the game. But overall, for the Giants, you just can't let the referees dictate your future because you had opportunities in that first half to be able to put points on the board. You decided not to. And that's we'll talk about that as well with the next game uh, when it comes to, of course, Mr. Analytics. But when it comes to just sometimes as coaches, I think they want to – outsmart themselves sometimes with some of the play calls that they that they put put out there when in reality you need to just go kick a field goal you know go and and run the ball instead of pass the ball on the two-yard line like in the, in the Super Bowl with the Seattle Seahawks you know sometimes you you outsmart yourself and you put yourself in a position that you didn't need to be in ish um to be honest the momentum really shifted at that right before halftime that debacle right there at the goal line and like them not really knowing what was going on, whether the play call was an option play call and Tyrod switched it at the line. I really don't care Um, because as a coach, you need to make sure you call a play, you call your best play in that situation. The play that you feel like is going to guarantee you either to get points or allow time for you to kick the field goal you have to walk away with points there the momentum shift there going into the locker room is really what propelled that second half and caused the bills to come back and win that game it was an ugly game it was gonna be an ugly game um but that whole thing inexcusable i don't care who's at fault both brian dable tyrod taylor they both needed you know put their hands up and apologize to the entire team, the entire city, because that is honestly, as I'm watching it, I'm just sitting there like, there is no way you go into the locker room and you don't get points there. That like that changed the entire game. Because if they get points there, even a field goal there, it changes the dynamic of that second half. Maybe percent agree there. Let's go ahead and move on and finish up tonight with Monday Night Football Chargers versus Cowboys, and of course, if anybody's been on social media the last five minutes, you've seen, of course, the screaming Asian lady that's very excited to uh, root on her Chargers. Which I don't, pretty sure most people weren't uh, surprised that that um, there was a person rooting on the Chargers. I think they were more surprised that the Chargers have real fans and not AI fans, as we saw a couple weeks ago. With You're ridiculous, with their, I'm just saying. I mean, they had the AI, and I'm just saying. But anyways. Um, Takeaways from this game, guys, did we learn more about the Chargers? Did we learn more about the Cowboys? Is this something that maybe for the Cowboys they can hang their hat on and feel as though that this is something that could propel them second half of the season? Is it the beginning of the end for Brandon Staley, something that probably he should have been fired in last year in the Jacksonville game? Please answer these questions for me, guys, because I'm just sick and tired of the Chargers at this point. I just don't know how this keeps happening. Like, it just (laughs) – I don't get it. Like this Chargers team is is built to be able to win games and they just cannot get out of their own way. I 
I mean, as a Chiefs fan, obviously I love to see it, but man, like I, there's a lot of, a lot of talent on this team. Uh, they, they should be winning games and now we're looking at them. I, I don't know, man. I, he's got to go. They got to get a new coach. I, I think they'll have options with how built this team is. They've got the right pieces. Um, you know, I mean, we'll see. There's there's some guys that uh, could walk away after this season, but I, they got to move on. They, they, it, especially like you don't get in the playoffs if this team doesn't manage to 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 find a way in. Which it you know looking harder and harder. They they still got to play the Chiefs twice. I mean, those games are always close, but they're just losing these these one score close games, and you can always pinpoint the moment that they messed it up. Like it, 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 it's very easy. You can go into every game and go, why did you do this? Like if you did not done this, this is absolutely the one thing you shouldn't have done. Maybe you win this game. I, I don't know. I, but they they just keep rolling with him. So I, I, I have no faith in them actually doing what needs to be done either though. So I, we'll see. I, yeah. He's going to finish the season. They're not going to, you know, they're not going to fire him early. I wouldn't think. I don't see a reason to, uh, unless something really egregious happens. I, I don't understand it, man. I just don't get it. If you look at their last three losses on the season, lost to the Cowboys by three, lost to the Titans by three, lost to the Chargers. I'm sorry, lost to the Dolphins, my apologies, by two. So, like you said, KC, these one-score games, they just cannot finish. Ish. Get Brandon Taylor the hell up out of there. Get him out of there. Yeah, like this is this is too many times, and th- and we talk about this, and I'm getting tired of talking about this with these some of these coaches, but this is I don't even know how many years now that we have talked about this team being built for success, being built to to win, being built to compete, being built to beat the Chiefs in the West, and then every year they come out and find a new way to fumble it away. I don't understand. Like someone at this point needs to study this team and explain to me why it is that they just can't figure it out. Because honestly speaking, this is not a team that you can say, oh, they just don't have the talent. Oh, there's just this clear hole in the team. Because to me, they don't have these like glaring holes. They just have a situation of, they don't know how to win some of these games or they just throw games away that they're winning. Like they'll be leading the game all of a sudden, well, fall apart. We're going to give a game to Las Vegas out of nowhere. We're going to give a game to Denver out of nowhere. And it's like, how you're supposed to compete to win the West and you're dropping these games against these teams. You should be beating. This game was a winnable game yet again, how they lost this game. I'm sitting here scratching my head. Like, dude, Brandon Staley, what are you doing? And then some of the calls you're making in these games, I'm gonna, I'm sorry to say it, but it reminds me of um, Anthony Lynn before he got let go. And when we got to the point where we were saying some of these mistakes you're making, some of these calls you're making, I'm sorry, with a championship contending team, you cannot continue to do this. You have to go. It got to that point with Anthony Lynn. We were saying the same thing. I feel like it's deja vu. We're saying it with Brandon Staley. Like, I'm, it's a championship caliber team, and you are just constantly making these mistakes as if you're a rookie coach. You got to go. I'm sorry. I need him out of there. I don't know who they who they bring in. The, that's the one thing for me that I guess 
That's why they hold on to him because who do you replace him with that's going to immediately, I guess, keep you at the level you are or propel you to a higher level? I can't think of anybody right now um, that just automatically does that for them. So maybe he, we're going to see him again. Casey got a couple of names. Oh, I got a couple. He's, of names. he's, itch, he's itch, I mentioned itch. I mentioned Belichick earlier. Let him know. I, Casey. I, I don't. I, I don't think that happens. But oh. the answer is Harbaugh. He's done in Michigan after this year. I'm telling you, he's coming. He's coming. You don't say that. You he's don't say back that. And he's gonna. And he's gonna mm. actually. Yeah, I'm telling you. I need two more years what? at more in Michigan. I need at least one one national championship. Then he can go. He's not going to LA. You, 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 we could. I don't see why. Why not? Now, I've always, I've always. He's going to go to the NFL. Which team would he go? I think that's the team to go to. It's ready built. They're ready to stayed, win as long as you can. He stays in the Midwest. I think he goes to Chicago. No. I think he goes to Chicago. He pairs up with Caleb. I mean, Williams. you'd be famous if you could win. And, and he, he goes, goes to Chicago only if they have the number one pick. I mean, they will. But that's, but that's my point. I think he goes there. It's, it's, it's made for him to be able to literally just walk right into that situation with all those draft picks with. With the defense being okay, it can get a no, lot better. That I'm saying bad. It, it is it's okay. It could get a lot better. Remember, they they traded with Rokon Smith and all these other guys. They had a fire sale just last year. Let's give them time to get back to where the Chicago defense is supposed to be, where it's at. And also, Chicago hangs his hat on defense and running the ball, something that John Harbaugh, lo- uh, Jim Harbaugh loves, right? So it's a match made in heaven, low key. I like Casey's take when it comes to the Chargers. Let him be out back in the West Coast once again, slanging that thing all across the field. Be a great ambassador for that LA area. Both both opportunities fit. It's just really going to come down to is how John Har- or Jim Harbaugh is going to finish off the season at Michigan, and then the hoopla once again will start up with him, just like it did last year. We'll go from there every year. That's what they do. All right, gentlemen, I thank you guys once again for joining us. I know we went a little past our hour, but we have to because we got our guy KC yeah, on here. We got we got to talk about, about football. Hey, it's all good. No <laughs> no worries on this end. I know the people that are tuning in, they appreciate your insight. And we definitely appreciate you for joining us once again. We appreciate everybody, as always, for tuning in to X Talking Ish. Make sure you all tune, uh, tune in next week. I'll have another question for you guys for, of course, our giveaway for this year for our – Mini helmets signed by Mr. Leonard Williams himself. Next will be um, delivering it. Yes, Ish keeps saying that, but I keep rolling my eyes. So I'm going to go ahead and stick with rolling my eyes on that one. Uh, but as always, make sure you tune in. Next week, we'll give you another clue. Next Sunday, we'll let you know about our picks for the Sunday slate. Other than that, before we get out of here, KC, take it away. Let them know where to find you. Uh, man, anywhere you get podcasts, just another football show. Like I said, we run twice a week. We're Wednesdays and Fridays. Um, we're having a lot of fun. You can find us on all the social medias. We're on Twitter, uh, at another FB show, TikTok, at another FB show. Uh, that's where you can find all of our, uh, our best bets. Um, we do some, uh, some clips from the podcast, things that we've done. So, you know, we're, uh, we're out there trying to spread the good word. Come on over, give us a click, give us a like, and, uh, and give us a shot. If you, if you like what you're listening to, um, we have a lot of fun and, uh, would appreciate anyone that wants to come over and listen. We're here for you. Before we get out of here for tonight, I do love this comment from Grid Ironic, and I definitely agree on what he just said. Anthony Lynn is too kind, standing <laughs> out here looking like North Turner. And I definitely <laughs> agree on that one. Mr. <laughs> Turner, woo, he knows how to burn some good teams out there. We'll yeah. go ahead and leave it at that. All righty then. Come on. <laughs> 
We appreciate you guys. We'll see y'all on Sunday for our week seven preview show and week seven recap show will be on Tuesday here at X-Talking Inch. Thank you guys. See you next time.